following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sindrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. As you can tell in the background, it is raining. Actually, it's raining cats and dogs, and we're broadcasting from the beautiful Omni Hotel in downtown Nashville, where we're going to have a lot of fun today, and we have a great show planned for you. Let's check in up in Cookville, where the rain has not yet started. And say hello to Coach Watson Brown. Watson, how are you? George, I'm doing I'm doing great. We're gonna to have to work on your forecast because we have a lot of listeners and they, they're not all from Nashville. So you're gonna to have to learn to what's going on in Middle Tennessee, what's going on in southern Kentucky, what's going on in northern Alabama. I mean, we we have listeners from everywhere. So you're right. gonna to have to be trained a little bit better with your forecast. There's quite a bit of precip in the southeast. That's a good shot of me, by the way. That's a that better one be, there. That's already that is the best shot that they've taken of me in the last three months. So, Watson, don't you comment on that. Don't you say a word. And let me shift it over to Terry McCormick. We start each day during the football season with the daily Titans update. Terry, how are you? Well, George, how are you? I'm good. I guess the news starts with uh, Kyle Phillips today, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, Kyle Phillips was placed on injured reserve. He had a hamstring issue that popped up on Friday and landed him on the injury report. He missed Sunday's game and now IR because they have given his roster spot for the time being to a guy named Chris Conley, who has bounced around the NFL for about eight years now. He was on the Chiefs practice squad most recently, George. Uh, Previously, he'd spent time with the Chiefs uh, for four years, then spent a couple of years in Jacksonville and a couple of years in Houston. So, Terry, we've got the trade deadline coming, and it seems to me that John Robinson is going to have to do something. Their passing game has deteriorated to mush. There's very little there. Very little separation uh, with the wide receivers and the defensive backs. And it seems to me at some point, Ryan Tannehill is going to need that kind of help. To me, it's a twofold problem, George. Uh, Some of it is, like you said, on the fact that these wide receivers are not getting a lot of separation. They don't really have 
an explosive speed guy who can get either yards after the catch or take the top off the defense by running a deep pattern. The other part of that is this. The offensive line is not very good at pass protection. When they lost Taylor Lewan, that left a gaping hole there at left tackle that Dennis Daly is working to fill, but certainly not at the level that Taylor Lewan could do. And then they're also suspect at a couple of other spots on the line. Nate Davis has been injured of late. Dylan Radens has been filling in for him and has done a fairly decent job, but he's always been a better run blocker than pass protector. And then over on the left side, you, alongside of Daly, you got Aaron Brewer, who's very light for an NFL guard, goes about 280 or 285, somewhere in that range. You know, so he's trying to battle and keep 300-pound defensive linemen off his quarterback. So they don't have time for a lot of seven-step drops and wait for a post pattern or a go route to develop. So it's really a two-fold problem in my mind, George. So speculate for me. What do you think they do? My guess is they, you know, they'll make they'll take a look to see if there's anything out there that could help them at either spot. Uh, but my guess is that they probably won't make a splashy move, but they will continue to tinker with the roster and maybe, you know, kind of go with the same formula that they have been where they find these guys on the cheap and guys on practice squads and guys who've been released and somehow they get decent mileage out of them. Like this guy, Andrew Adams, who had a big game on Sunday uh, playing at the safety position. Terry, you got to help me on this one because I don't really have the answer. Are they strapped salary cap wise? They're not completely just over the top, right up against the cap, but they're also not swimming in money either as it relates to cap space because they do have a lot of veteran guys on this roster Ryan Tannehill, uh, Taylor Lewan, Derek Henry, who are all making big money. Kevin Byard is on that list. So you got a lot of guys that are part of that core that are that are making big money. So that you know, doesn't allow you to be able to do as much wheeling and dealing in terms of cap spending on, on big name players, perhaps as it would if you were a team that had a lot of players on a rookie contract where you would have lots of cap space to be able to maneuver. Terry, leave me with one last note, something riveting that we wouldn't know without knowing you. Wow, something riveting that you wouldn't know without knowing me. I'll give you one. Well, where, okay, where go I ahead. Am, Terry, it's raining. It is raining. That, that It's raining here too, George. Amazing. Imagine that. Amazing how that happens. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you another one. You know, the uh, Yankees need to oh, need to overhaul things in, in the offseason so that they can be ready. George Steinbrenner is turning over in his grave at the way this team plays. What a waste of 45 seconds having to listen to that. Terry, thank you as always. We'll talk again soon, probably tomorrow. Probably so. Terry McCormick, his daily Titans update gets the show started each and every day. You know, I forgot to say hello to Billy earlier. I'm sure that's hurt his self-esteem. Billy, how are you? George, I'm great today. It's uh, it, it's It's been a wild one. It's been, This rain is not, uh, has not helped the self-esteem. But uh, I'm still doing great, George. And uh, we've got the Titans update that Terry just said is sponsored 
by the great folks over at Sumner Funeral and Cremation and the Justin Tucker team. Of course, the Justin Tucker team, they're proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. Also, Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They're sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and online at SumnerFuneral.com. All right, let's get the update started with uh, Texas A&M. Of course, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies uh, continue to go downhill. Um, And it was reported uh, by Clay Travis, actually. I saw the tweet from Clay Travis that three Texas A&M players uh, were smoking pot before the game. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Watson. What? (laughs) I mean. I don't really know what to say. Suspended? If that had happened with me, they're gone. They're out of here. They'll never play again in that color uniform for me. So in the locker that, room before a game, no way, man. I'm not, I'm not putting up with that. Yeah, I mean, I would think the aroma would have sort of. <laughs> well, it's obvious that there was somebody that saw it, and I mean, there's there's probably 75, 80 kids in there with you. You think they're hiding it from everybody? I mean, I can't. You wonder why Texas A&M's having troubles? <laughs> Good Lord, I've never heard of that before. Not not on the no, that's a new level. one. Not on the college level. I've not ever heard of that. Here would be a piece of advice. Wait until you get to the dorm. But they were in South Carolina, so they, uh, I guess, maybe couldn't wait that long. So, Watson, in all seriousness, when this report got out, doesn't this sort of say he's lost total control of that locker room? That's, to me... I can't imagine players thinking doing that in a locker room. I'm not saying that it ain't ever happened before, even with one of my teams, but I'm saying I, if I'd ever seen it, I mean, there ain't no talking. There ain't no nothing. They're, they're, they're sent home. They do not, they don't dress. They sit on the bus for three hours. I would consider cause it'd be inhumane and I'd get in trouble, but I'd, just soon leave them. I did leave a player once. Uh, my first you? game I ever coached as a head coach at Austin Peay, a guy missed the bus to, in the next morning after we, we didn't fly back till the next morning. We played James Madison in my first game. And you're not on the bus. I was gone. We didn't wait around. One on one on the bus, I left him. I left him in wherever we were in Maryland. I can't remember exactly where we were staying. I did leave a coach behind the, fly back with him to take care of him. <laughs> but I did not wait on him. I left him. And, buddy, you didn't, we didn't have no problems after that. Really? No, that's it. <laughs> Nobody else going to miss. Oh, that's wonderful. That's item number one, Billy. What else we got? Yeah, what, a, what an item number one. Yeah. Item number two, the NFL has said that the referees were not seeking autographs uh, from – I'm forgetting the player. Uh, from Mike, was Mike, it Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Yeah. Mike, so – NFL has come out and said that they were not seeking autographs. Oh, that's big to know. I'm relieved. <laughs> I'm just relieved to hear that. So that's good. First of all, do you believe it? I don't know or care. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't see it as a big deal myself, but but I know that the NFL, we can't be talking to players and we can't come on, give me a break. So they want so they want Tom Brady's autograph. I mean, geez. I don't know. I, I that's if that's the biggest issue we got in the NFL right now, 
there, everything's going to be okay. Giselle wants his autograph too, but I think it's on a legal document. Yeah, I don't think it's the same <laughs> autograph, babe. Maybe not. It's and there's supposedly it's going to be dividing four hundred million. <laughs> what? That's a lot of money. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what I read. Wow. She might have the upper hand. She hired Flo the best uh, divorce attorney. Oh, she's in worth a whole lot of that four hundred million, babe. Oh yeah. She's a very wealthy lady. <laughs> Next piece here in the NFL, Dallas has traded for Vegas Raiders defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. That one surprised me a little bit, Watson, because that is such a strength of theirs. I think they had an injury, but it tells me, I looked at it a little different. I agree with what you're saying, but I looked at it in a different way. I said, hmm, they're going for it. Oh, yeah. They want the depth. They're going for it. They're going, they think this is their year and they're going for it. And, and I think they have the best defense in the NFL right now. Well, certainly with uh, with Parsons, holy cow! Mm. You know, in the secondary, what like, corners name number seven? The corners out big. of sight. I mean, yeah. they're they're good. They're the best defense I've seen in NFL. And honestly, I can't name one next to them just yet. When you see Parsons, do you not get a little feel of Lawrence Taylor? Yeah, yeah. except smaller. That's it. Yeah, he he don't he don't have the the size. He don't have the weight. They're probably about the same height, uh, but he's quicker than Lawrence was. Lawrence was the best outside linebacker I've, I think, has ever played the game. The best, number one of all time. And I don't know if we'll ever get another. Billy, what's item number three? Item number three is uh, the Yankees are likely to return air retire. Retain, God, I can't talk. Retain Aaron Boone. There's a big difference between retire and retain. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Boone's and, not retire, and not really. <laughs> um, so, Aaron, so where Boone, do y'all go with this? I, I was surprised. I, I mean, I, Yankee fans, so I think, should be surprised too. To me, this nope. is Brian Cashman's fault. He's put a team together that looks like a round peg in a square hole. And I don't see where that is Aaron Boone's fault. I, if you say that, then who are you going to go get? I mean, the grass ain't always greener. You fire him, who do you, who do you want? You, who you're talking you about if you fire that? Aaron Boone? Yeah, I mean, well, I, there's an obvious I don't out think there. you should fire him because I don't see anybody out there that's going to just turn the Yankees around. I think I'm with you a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't see a – philosophical team put together with the Yankees. It's just a bunch of stars. It's a bunch of guys that have been pretty good before, pay them a lot of money, bring them in. I don't, I don't, I don't like the Braves. I see a little philosophical, why they do this, why they do that. I can see it all being put together. We may have to give this up, but we need this a little more, but the Yankees, they just go out to me, George, and they just wow. sign Guys that have maybe been stars to me, they're starting to do too much of the, this guy was really good in the past. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. You're much more of a baseball insider than me, but that's just, I don't see a philosophy with the Yankees. If they had gotten rid of him, the obvious was Don Mattingly, former Yankee star on the first minor league team I ever broadcast and did a, a pretty decent job keeping the Marlins afloat. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish that job on anybody. 
Which uh, then brings us to that's it. Oh, uh, the last piece. Skip Schumacher. Skip is Schumacher, the new manager of the Marlins. He's a former St. Louis Cardinal utility infielder. To this story, I say, God bless you. You're going to need it. Throw another one to the fire. Yeah. Listen, we've got a great show for you. After the break, Knoxville Sports Talk Show host Tony Basilio will join us. We'll talk about the Vols and the Kentucky Wildcats. It's one of the games of the week all over the country. Uh, ESPN using their A crew of Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet to call that game. Then at 5 o'clock today, a good friend of ours, Dick Gabriel, big time wired into the University of Kentucky. He'll join us and we'll talk the Cats part of this big showdown. So that's a little bit of what we've got going. Please stick around. Tony Basilio is in the on-deck circle, and this is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes, 
Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Yeah, we've heard that song a few times in the last couple of weeks. Let's head right up to Knoxville and talk with Philly's legend, Richie Ashburn. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tony Basilio, show us the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Tony's a Philly's fan, and he's proud and rightfully so. Congrats. Man, I am... uh... I can't believe the sports season. I just can't even believe it. Can't believe it. You know, <laughs> what your Phillies were, were the Braves of a year ago. They may not have been the best team, but they got hot at the right time. But you know what? The Braves had an excellent ball club, you know, deep. And um, it's interesting, you know, haven't seen the Braves. I wonder if Acuna is on that team if they do that last year after watching his act this postseason. Boy, it was uh, – not it good. Was slim. No, it wasn't good. That's not good. It wasn't good. Okay, so let's get to the business at hand. Yeah. It's now been, what, nine, ten days since Tennessee beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. What is Knoxville like right now? It is literally on fire. Um, and, and people are coming up with all kinds of amazing stuff. And they're digging into their record books. And there's just, you know, all kinds of really 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 fun things that people are uh i'm trying to find you a couple things i have a couple little nuggets here's one so tennessee is currently working on if they get a victory this weekend with kentucky as a double digit favorite they're working on an eight no start times tennessee started eight no in the modern era and this is generous okay 1951 1956 1998 and this season, that's what we're talking about here. It has been a long time. And these are uh, few and far between, uh, these types of deals. And these people are really excited, and they should be. They really should be. Are you at all worried about this team maybe looking a little too far to Athens, Georgia, and not enough to Kentucky? No. No, this coach isn't going to allow them to do that. Um, I mean, they were pretty sharp last week for Tennessee Martin. 
this guy has the ability to get his kids to focus minute to minute. And, and that's what they do. And that's who they are. And that's how they play. And it's pretty remarkable. Um, they don't go into business for themselves. There's not a lot of me people on this thing. And I, and I think it's led by Hendon Hooker. You know, one of the things they asked Hendon Hooker last week after the game was, so what did you think? You know, you come out at halftime. What did you think? He said, I love seeing everybody else get a chance to play. A lot of people in this locker room work hard. And I love seeing everybody get an opportunity. And the thing about Hendon Hooker, when he says that is, he means it. So this team kind of has that. They play for each other. It's um, it's a unique deal, what they have going here. Watson, I'm going to turn it to you because the two of you guys have been like magic in the last Uh-oh. eight, ten weeks. So take it away. Tony, I'm a, I'm a little more concerned than you. I think this is the biggest coaching week for Tennessee of the season so far. Kentucky hates Tennessee. This is their game. Tennessee could be 0-7, and and this is Kentucky's game. And they see this, had an open date. Believe me, it's going to be the absolute best shot Kentucky can throw. I think they are the toughest team to play so far. I believe of the defenses they played, Kentucky will do the best job over LSU and Alabama. Uh, Kentucky can't score with them. But Tennessee's got to play good, Tony. I'm telling you, and they got to be ready to go. And there's so much talk about Georgia. I've been in these situations before, and I'm. Uh, they've got to do. A, this is the most motivation that the coaches have got to get involved with in any game so far this year. LSU, no big problem. Alabama, absolutely no big problem. But. Tennessee don't look at Kentucky right now the same way Kentucky looks at Tennessee. That's no disrespect to Kentucky. That's just Tennessee is in the top four. They're third in the country, and they're fixing to play number two. Human nature would tell you look out. So, Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Watson, at the end of the day, I I agree with you. I, I think the issue, though, and the issue is going to be uh, from from our standpoint here is this team so far has been able to take care of those things. Now, last year's game was 45-42. Wandale Robinson's no longer uh, there. But Kentucky does do some things that are scary. I think the issue Kentucky's going to have in this football game is how do I keep my quarterback clean and how do I keep him upright? Because – I think Tennessee is going to continue their formula of bringing five, sometimes bringing six, throwing pressure at him with the thought being our secondaries, not any better than it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago or any better. That's going to be a couple of weeks from now, um, which is one of the things I know Watson that you've liked the entire time, which is the aggressiveness with which these guys play on both lines of scrimmage. And I think that continues this weekend. But I do agree with you from the standpoint that, look, when you haven't been in this spot before, and I just said we've only had since 1951. I mean, I'm only going, I'm only going back 70, 72 years of football here. So what, what am I, you know, what, what do we know? But Tennessee hasn't had, they've had three of these starts in 71 years. So obviously you're walking into, 
unchartered territory. And you're also in a spot where this is kind of a gift. You weren't supposed to be here, but you're right. How do you handle it? How will they handle it? Um, will they handle it? Yep. You know, the one thing that hasn't happened here yet that I'm still waiting to happen, and I'm not trying to speak it into existence. I'm just, I'm just um, making an observation. We have not seen them in the Hypel era play a game where they weren't really sharp offensively. Yeah, maybe sooner a little later, bit early with Milton. Hey, sooner or later, you're going to play. Your quarterback, sooner or later, has got to turn a ball over three or four times in a game. And this guy just hasn't done it. I mean, this hooker guy just, you know, he had two against Alabama. And one of them was kind of bad luck. But um, it hadn't happened. Well, and I, I will add to it, um, Tony, I think that uh, the big part to me is Kentucky sitting there and they're saying, we've got to rush for 200 yards or more in this game. So I think it's more off of their running game. If Tennessee controls Kentucky running the ball, mm -hmm. this won't be a close game. If Kentucky gets the running game going, mm -hmm. eats clock, shortens the game, mm -hmm. uh, and that's their style. But, Tony, leading to something else real quick, because I know we don't have a lot of time. Right now, to me, the, the offense Tennessee runs is the most quarterback-oriented offense right now in the country. The kid's getting a lot of credit for what he's doing, and I think he's got the best skill players around him in the country. I don't think anybody's total <laughs> set of running backs, receivers, or any better that I've seen. I've watched a lot of games, and I don't see anybody that's got better talent around him. But this offense is set up – I'll give you a quick example. He has they, – they give him four different things on – could be any one of four things on every play. And it's decisions he's got to make before this ball snap and after. They'll give him a play run and he can check to a pass. They'll give him a play where it's a pass and he Right. Then the second way they do it is they'll say, okay, just run this play. He doesn't have anything to do with that. Just call the play and run it. But then the third two things are the hardest. They'll give him a run with a pass either a quick pass or behind the line of scrimmage. The ball snapped, and he doesn't know a lot of times what he's going to do before the ball snapped. And then they'll give him a run with a deeper pass. And if he sees he wants to throw the deeper pass, he's got to trigger something to the lineman not to run the play, but don't get three yards past the line of scrimmage. This is all on Hendon Hooker. And – this kid is getting it done right now. This this is as much as you can possibly put on a quarterback in college football, what Tennessee is doing. And yet, so far, he's handled it to a T. I'm not trying to be bare bad news, but if he ever has a rough day, it could be rough. Yeah, oh yeah, because, because so much is expected, right? Hey, Your point is because he is he yeah. is the best in the country right now yeah. at doing that. Nobody has more on him than Hendon Hooker in this offense in the country. No quarterback has any more than he has. And you see, Watson, I was trying to warn people today because here's the narrative in town. And I'm just trying to be, you know, keep the car in the middle of the road from my perspective. Because even next year is year three for this young coach, you know, and his young staff. Because the narrative here is it's just going to keep getting better and better. You get better players, you get better results. You get better players, you get better results. And that all sounds good. But that's discounting what you have at quarterback right there. 
and what this guy's doing because this guy is making this look easy. Well, he, you know? he is he is the best in the country right now for his offense. And yeah. look at all the offenses in the country, Tony, yeah. right now that are struggling at quarterback. Yes. Tennessee, I'm not sure. Yeah, they're patting him on the back, and they know they got a good one. But I'm not sure they know all he's doing. And that's my uh, point. Yeah. And and the other thing he's the best at is throwing the deep ball. Mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent of how to throw a deep ball, mm -hmm. how to coach throwing a deep ball. Mm -hmm. He does everything that I believe in to a T. If you watch him when he lets a deep ball go, your head has to be completely still and focused on the target. The deep ball target is more of a focus than a short ball target because the further the ball goes, the more it has to be precise. You watch this kid play. His head never moves. I don't care if there's bodies around him. I don't care if he's sliding in the pocket. His head is completely still staring at the target. And I think he is the best deep ball thrower in the, in the country. They've got the best quarterback right now in the country, and he's doing things that other guys can't even consider doing that I see. Just keep him healthy and hope he doesn't have bad game because so much is on him and what they do. A bad game could be tough on their offense by him. Which is, a, you know, again, he's just been so good. Oh, no, he hasn't been good. He's been great. And if and, and look, let's just call it what it is. If it wasn't for the fact that that Stroud guy was way up here in that Heisman race, like way up here, he would be the guy that everybody's talking about in the country. If he but makes he, it to the if yeah. he makes it to the Final Four, he wins the Heisman. I'm telling you right now. If they make the playoffs, if he makes it to the Final Four. Okay. And Hooker will pass Stroud and win the Heisman Trophy. You're, so you're telling me that even if, like, let's say hypothetically Tennessee loses to um, Georgia in a couple weeks, right? But they win them all. They go 11 and one, and they get in. However, they're going to get into that playoff. You're telling me that he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yes, because his stats are better than everybody's. And and yeah. and everybody is learning slowly what all he has to do for this right. team. Right. Um, if he don't make it there, no. But if if they get in the final four, yeah, uh, I think he wins the whole thing. So I was like wondering today, in, in the modern era of what we've seen here, and, and I can only speak for being here, but I was trying to think back to Manning, you know, in the 90s and how good he was in their offense. But I don't know that he was as good as this guy is. No. And, and I know that's crazy to say, right? This guy is performing at a level where in these big games, he's just not making mistakes. I mean, he's Tony, just not doing it. He's, Tony, and Tennessee Manning, in their history has never yeah. been where they are. And the reason everybody's so excited about them, yeah. their offense is so dynamic. Yes. They're number one in the country. In everything. And in, in everything. Yeah. And this is the best they've had it. I mean, yeah. And it's all because of number five, Peyton Manning. Yes. I put him right there with him though. I put him right there with Peyton Manning and, right. and uh, Peyton had a long career. Hendon's had a year and a half. So there is a little right. difference, but right. But I still put him right there with Peyton as the best quarterback of all time. He's got to stay healthy and he's got to keep playing like he's playing. And as a coach, all you can mm -hmm. do is, Cross those fingers and hope it keeps up because every week I see him putting a little more on him, Tony. Every week. Good. This started out as just a little bit on him, 
And it's reached a point now where he totally runs the show. I'll bet you he doesn't have six, seven plays a game where, okay, call the play and hand the ball off. Bet he don't have six or seven a game that he don't have major decisions to make on every play that they're running. How about that now? Only six or seven a game that he's not. Look at Stroud. He's handing the ball off a lot more. He's not mm – -hmm. I'm telling you, he don't have all the things that right. this Tennessee staff has put on Hooker because they know the better he seems to get, the more they put on him. Right. You, you told me, because I listen to you, back in August when we first met on here, you say, hey, look, last year when they put him in games, they just inserted him in there and let him play on instinct, and they gave him a little bit each week, a little That's, more. It's so more. further now, Tony. It's not even close. You go get tapes out and, and see what they made him do a year ago at, yeah. earlier than this, but not a lot earlier than this when he right. first started playing. Right. And see what he's doing now. <laughs> it's, they've put a lot more on him. So let me ask you this. So you're Kentucky. You're sitting in their defensive room. How are we going to stop him? What are you going to do this week? You, you, you think it's going to be a close game. You're telling, me, you're telling me this is a spot game for Tennessee, and I want to believe you. But I don't see any of these defenses slowing these guys down. So what does Kentucky do to slow them down defensively? What do they Just do? Try to make a stop somewhere along the way and don't give up the big plays everybody's giving up. You can't give up. Tennessee is getting huge big plays yeah. every game. They can't give up the number of big plays, and they've got to run the ball and keep the ball. That's yeah. it. If they can't do those two things, yeah. look out. It's double-digit win again. So, so I have a really astute guy on my show, Matt Dixon, who's a real sicko. You'd love him because he goes back and watches old games. He went back and watched every game of Heupel's at Central Florida, mm -hmm. took copious notes. I said, Matt, how did the programs that stopped him there, because some did, how'd they stop him? Tulsa particularly. And then Cincinnati one time. We were talking about today, in fact. He said, Tony, what they did is they rushed three and they got home with three. The teams that beat Tennessee – had to, in odd number situations, win with their defensive line. He said the other teams that gambled or did, you know, or tr went out of their comfort zone or weren't able to drop numbers, he said they just got picked apart. That's what I'm saying. Stop the big play. You can't give up the big plays against Tennessee. They're getting yeah. so many easy scores. Yes. Just with great talent. Yeah. They're beating people one-on-one. -on -one. Sooner or later, people are going to try to keep the ball in front and try to keep the ball and shorten the game. I don't see any other way to beat them. You've got to stop the big play, and you've got to keep the ball away from them. Because Saban, Saban, like you said last week, Saban just took it, which was really weird. Uh, it was he weird. Got out, he got out coached so bad that it's not even worth talking about. I say that respectfully because he's out coached a bunch of folks. But last two Saturdays ago, he got out coached. Big time. I mean, it's got to be like a top five bad day for him, right? He would tell you if you pulled him aside. I mean, he would admit that, right? Oh, yeah. 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 You know that, what's going that on, That right? day he flunked Drew Brees in the physical. In <laughs> <laughs> what a That's great a good one, one, George. It's true, though, isn't it? I it just came out true. of nowhere with that, didn't I? Uh, He'd probably true. blame that on somebody else, George. Yeah, yeah. team doctor. Tony, I got two TV questions before we end this. Number one, you heard me last week say the Tennessee-Alabama game drew over a 25 share here. 
and no Titans game has gotten over a 23. First of all, what kind of number is Tennessee football getting on TV in Knoxville? I'm sad to tell you, I don't know that. I know it's huge. <laughs> I know it's like otherworldly. Um, they're already running pro- the the local CBS affiliate here because they have the game, as sure. you know, and they and this week's an ESPN game. They're already w- running promos for the uh, pre and post that they're the adjacencies that they're selling around uh, the Tennessee Georgia oh game. Oh my God. That's and what Georgia, I'm telling you. Be careful. And, see the Georgia, and, and the and the Kentucky people, some of the media that are here already, have noticed that and they're tweeting about it and they're talking. I'm telling about you. It. But guys, and George will tell you this from being in this in this industry. They're to. just trying to make money. They, it's it's all about this. That's why I think there's more on Josh Heupel this week. That's why I said early there's yeah. more on Josh Heupel this week than any game he's had so far. The That's media has ever right to do that. But so Josh has got to keep his players from reading and listening to all that. Yeah, Tony, let me ask you this, and then we'll call sure. it a day. Did CBS consider, and I don't know the rule apparently as well as I thought I did, right. did they consider putting that at night, Tennessee, Georgia? They have two, they have two of those a year. They've right. already used one. I think they have to designate before the year what the two primetime games are is my belief. I think that's what happened the last time. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I don't understand. And I'm a homer and, and kind of, I don't really care because either way, these are five hour football games we play, but all those games on CBS last five hours. Oh, I don't care. who. (laughs) I mean, literally the red hat guy, the guy that walks on that field with the red hat. I mean, you just want to take a salt gun and shoot at the guy. You don't sting him in his legs a little bit. Get off the damn field. Anyway, so. Um, I, I, That's beautiful. You, you guys tell me, how can you take the Florida-Georgia game and choose that over this Kentucky-Tennessee game? Well, didn't they do it before the season started? I don't know. Did that? Yeah. I'll bet I you that one, Tony, is set in stone. Probably. Before they ever play. But you have to, I mean, at some point, don't you have to adjust? Tennessee just said a huge, huge number with Alabama. That was a huge number. Oh. Uh, touching 16 million at its peak in college football? Massive. An NFL-like number? That's crazy. I don't, I don't care who Tennessee is playing right now. Their numbers are going to be high, and it don't matter what when it is. Yeah. They're going to be high because they're offense. really good, and they're fun to watch. Fun they to watch. are fun to watch. And People are going to watch them play. And they just announced to Watson's point, you want to add a little more? They're they're doing what they're calling dark mode this week. They're wearing dark jerseys with a black helmet with a t- with a uh, orange tee on it. Oh, geez. To add more. more Tony, to worry about. after it's over, which will probably be about one in the morning. Thanks, George. You're welcome. Um, where can they hear your post game? Yeah, so we're available at tclub.team. I've got a blog up there every day. We have a couple thousand words today, some stuff tomorrow, every day. Um, and we blog every day. And then as soon as, the, soon as these games are over, football, basketball, we're live and we're talking about it. And um, last week, we only went about three hours and 15 minutes after UT Martin because my lovely wife said, if you stay on, so help me, if you stay on longer than three hours for UT Martin, I'm going to get you committed. So, By the way, she's right. She is right. She's right. 
She is right. Thank you for doing this. Go hey, Phil. I'm going to be rooting for you. It's a real blessing. Yeah, thanks. The good guys. Cheer for the good guys. Thank Bingo. You. Tony Basilio joining us from Knoxville. When we come back, we're going to compare Tennessee's schedule to the other four or five contenders that are out there. So stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. 
providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. back and we're going to stay on the Tennessee theme. Uh, Obviously, they are now a playoff contender. They could get in that final four. Decided to uh, compare some schedules a little bit. Let's roll up Tennessee's first of all. And you can see Kentucky and Georgia as the obvious. And then from that point on, it seems pretty darn easy. Uh, But you do wonder if Tennessee overlooks Kentucky for Georgia. Now, Billy, tell me where we're going from here. Oh, next team? Yeah. Okay, we got Ohio State. Okay. Buckeyes Saturday at Penn State without the whiteout. Watson, I'm shocked their athletic department didn't do the whiteout for this game. But Fox picked it as an 11 in the morning. I think that's a big advantage for Ohio State. Yeah, I don't see Penn State. They don't show the physicality I've seen in them in the past. They they got one game, really. They'd have to blow one of those others. They got Michigan at home, so that's a pretty easy road. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Georgia. Now, I want you to look at four weeks in a row. Florida in Jacksonville. Not that I think Florida's going to win. Tennessee at home. At Mississippi State at Kentucky. That's four weeks in a row of not exactly a bunch of UL Monroes. Watson, if I'm Georgia, that worries me. No, they've got, they only play one game in Athens in that four. And that's the big one with Tennessee. And uh, it's a little easier with Florida being Florida right now. But at Kentucky, and anytime you go to Mississippi State, it's a different kind of game. You're playing a complete different kind of offense. And you never know which Bulldog team is going to show up, George. I mean, if the right Bulldog team shows up, that that could be a tough game. But, no, that's that's a much tougher schedule than Ohio State has. Now let's look at Michigan. If they win their next four, they will qualify for the TSSAA playoffs. Good <laughs> Lord, could it be any easier? Illinois, though. Illinois, Illinois will not be an easy game for them. Illinois will hit you in the mouth and they can play Michigan style, but um, probably there's your easiest of the four. I would agree with that, but Illinois isn't just a give me. Tennessee's only got two left that should play, be able to play with them, and they're these next two weekends. They're going to play. that, Tennessee rides it out. I mean, they got to go to South Carolina and go to Vanderbilt and uh, got Missouri at home. I mean, none of those three ought to be able to play with them. Here's the other orange, speaking of cupcakes. Oh, Clemson will win. You, they got the easiest route. Clemson will win this Saturday against Vi. Everybody does. At Notre Dame, not nearly what it has been since Notre Dame can't score. Watson, it looks like just 
smooth sailing. That's what I've been telling you all along, George. I said, I'm not putting Clemson in it, but Clemson will be one of the four in the playoffs because they just got, and there will be a championship game and it's going to be the, probably either Pittsburgh or North Carolina. Um, I'm not even sure who else I would even put up there. I mean, there's no very good at all. All the, all the, the, that, what is that? The Atlantic? What do they call that side? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> who knows? I don't, I don't know. But if you put Max record up, see who he's beaten and put the one loss record up there, George, it's, not, it's probably about 500 who they've beaten. Well, they've beaten a lot of the teams already in their division. So it's no good. Miami's sitting there as one of them. They're awful. I'll I mean, say this to Watson about 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 your brother. No yeah. one's really talking about it. If they beat NC State and then they find a way to somehow potentially pick off Wake, look out. I mean, maybe not playoff team, but oh no, they're they, not in the playoffs. They won't be ranked playing, kind of. But they're I think they're going to be in the championship game. Yeah, I, 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 they they got Wake Forest on the road and Virginia on the road, and Wake Forest will be a tough one. Uh, but they can score with Wake Forest, and Virginia is playing awful. So I mean, I th if I picked right now, I would put North Carolina right below South Carolina on the schedule. That's who they'll have to play in the championship game. Okay, the last one that we're going to highlight is Bama. Watson, how sure are you that they go to both LSU and Ole Miss in back-to-back -back weeks and get it done? I'm not, but that's an easy route. That's the easiest of anybody up here because they don't even play a top 10 team left. They do have to go. I don't think Ole Miss can beat them, George. I just don't think they can. LSU's the one, and that's this week, right? A uh, week from Saturday. Okay. They're they open bye week this week. So is LSU. Yeah, they'll win the bye. Um, <laughs> I, to me, Alabama, I'd be shocked if Alabama is not in the uh, – I'm not sure. Can they not lose to one of those and still go? I know uh, they can't. Not two losses. Two no, are not through losing games yet. I'm not sure LSU and Ole Miss aren't through losing games yet, George. Yeah, he's saying the SEC title game. Yeah, the SEC title game. They could still go to that, maybe with even another loss, because I'm not sure these two are getting out. They both already lost a game. LSU lost to Tennessee. Ole Miss has lost to LSU. So I think both of them, if if one of them loses to Alabama, the other one's still going to lose another game to me some, somewhere along the way. So I, I think of all the ones we've talked about, Alabama and Clemson have the easiest roads. So we wanted to kind of show you the next five. We didn't put TCU in there, but I'll tell you, they've got Texas and Baylor that they've got to beat in November, and that will not be easy. After the break, stat of the day, and then we'll chat with University of Kentucky insider Dick Gabriel. Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television.
Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 subspecialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. The Titans Drum and Bugle Corps has arrived here at the Omni Nashville Hotel, and it is thank God for them. <laughs> it is almost time for stat of the day. We got to get to these two sponsors: John English Antique Sports and Cards, as well as Eric Burner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can find John English over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They've got memorabilia, trading cards, uh, many other uh, antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and other sport-related items. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. Visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Call Eric at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. All right, George, let's roll into the stat of the day for today. And here it is. We've got which two former XFL quarterbacks one last Sunday in the NFL as starting quarterbacks for their respective teams. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Good find by Michael. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he should have to answer some of this crap. Um, Watson, you thinking of anybody right off the bat? Nope. Okay. Uh, Taylor nope. Heineke is probably one of them, isn't he? Yeah, he, I think. That's one. Yeah. A little short applause. Yes, thank you. It's better than hearing that stupid buzzer. 
Yeah, you don't like that. Let, let Dick hear. Dick, Dick's listening in Lexington. Let him hear this weak buzzer. God, that thing is so bad. <laughs> Awful. Okay, Watson. Focus let's, on uh, the question. <laughs> thank you. Um, it's certainly not in the Titans division. I don't think Davis Mills played in the uh, XFL. No. Okay. Um, I don't home, know. Uh, I, I don't know. Herbert. It, it, I mean, you can't just pitch in the towel like that. Well, I don't. I can't think of. Well, you have to think. I'm you trying to, to think. I, I don't know who who else got benched or hurt that they had to have a backup play. Well, let, let's talk it through. I mean, you can't just throw your hands up. Dick doesn't want you to quit like that. I'm not quitting. I'm telling you, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, you look like you've quit. Um, let's go NFC real quick. Minnesota. Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, eliminate that division. Yep. Atlanta, Mariota didn't. Um, Tampa, obviously not. Carolina, oh, that might be it. P.J. Walker. Boom. That's it. That's it. It It is P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke. P.J. Walker defeated Tom Brady, and Taylor Heineke defeated Aaron Rodgers. Good Lord. <laughs> the tide is turning. But isn't the disappointment the way Watson just gave up? I didn't give up as soon as you said the name. I said, that's it. Yeah, but I mean, I've got to have some help. Well, he trusts, he had enough trust in you, George. I'm not Tom Brady. I can't do it all. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Let's see, let's see what Dick Gabriel thinks of your efforts on that <laughs> question. Dick, how are you? I'm in pain because I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I own a share of stock, so I'm an owner. I knew Heineke right off the bat, and thanks to your show, I had to relive a horrible moment. But I think my season's over. Good move, George. (laughs) Good move. My season's over, man. The Packers are not fixable, in my opinion. Can you explain um, Aaron Rodgers' hairdo? He's Aaron Rodgers. He makes (laughs) as much money as God – and if you made that kind of money, you can wear your hair however you want. Otherwise, no. <laughs> okay. Watson, we're going to – oh, we have to get legal, don't we? Yes, we do, George. So is- we just blow dick off for a minute no, so we can I'm, get legal? I'm That's not, what you did. I'm not blowing dick off. Not, not, not at all. It is the 5 o'clock hour, and it is time to talk about Metal Tennessee Bone and Joint. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere – whether it's a sports injury, sprained ankle, or major joint replacement, MTBJ has the staff, training, and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Visit them online at mtbj.net for more information. Dick Gabriel knows as much about University of Kentucky athletics as any human being I know. (laughs) Watson, we're going to tell a story on our old friend C.M. Newton. You ready for this? Yeah. When he was the athletic director at Kentucky, was all over me one night at dinner. Uh, I had gone up to Lexington over the fact that sports talk radio, he said, was, quote, pooled ignorance. And I, I fired back with, you're jealous. You don't have a show and you're trying to figure out how to get one. Well, Dick 
ended up hosting. Suddenly, Coach Newton got his own show, The Big Blue Line, in the summer. Dick, take it from there. Yeah, he uh, he wanted to hear from Vox Populi. He wanted to hear from the people. So we did basically all the shows back then were The Big Blue Line, the CM Newton show. And he talked to the people, and the people talked to him. So it, it wasn't necessarily him and me weighing in on the relative merits of these coaching decisions or whatever. It was me asking him about running the, the program, essentially second guessing, you know, devil's advocate kind of stuff. So what was great that came out of that was that he took copious notes the way George said he did all the time on, on whenever he was on the radio. Yeah. And, you know, but people would call in eventually They'd either talk about coaches complain. They had just been hit by the NCAA, which why of course he was there complain about that but also complain a lot about the football games. Why is the coffee cold? Why do we keep running out of hot chocolate? Why are the bathrooms not bigger? And one of the complaints that kept coming up, Coach, were the hot dogs. Apparently, the hot dogs were terrible. Uh, you know, I, I'm not personally a hot dog guy at the ball games because I'm working, so I didn't know much about it. He, he wrote it all down, went back to his people, said, why are our hot dogs? Why are they terrible? Nobody had an answer. So he came up with the idea to have a taste test. And on the first game of the following year, or might have been the spring game, they had several vendors come in and set up and put their best hot dog forward. And the company that won the rights, won the bid to supply hot dogs for the next however many years to then Commonwealth Stadium was a mom and pop outfit in Ohio. And they were the new vendor, the new hot dog supplier for Commonwealth Stadium. So, you know, if it's pooled ignorance, so be it. But I think the, the, the hot dog palates of Kentucky fans everywhere could thank Sam Newton. Watson, if I had known that back then, I'd have worn him out about <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to add to the story, guys. My wife, who's been to, you can't imagine how many games through my time, she can tell you we're the number one hot dog, the number two hot dog, the number three hot dog. She can go down a list and tell you what stadium has the best hot dog. So no it's a little bigger deal than maybe we're we're giving it credit for. CM may have fixed something that needed to be fixed right Absolutely. There. I didn't even think about it, Coach. And then I thought, well, you know what? There's nothing worse than standing in line, you know, either missing some of the game or, or, or standing in the big line at halftime. And going back to your seat and uncurling this horrible monstrosity, you know, this, this ballpark steak that you've been waiting for. And it's horrible. So, uh, yeah. I love it. CM did well by – he did right by his people. God bless the big blue line. So, is Kentucky treating Saturday as kind of their Super Bowl? Uh, fans might be, but in talking with Mark Stoops, First of all, they don't have to, you know, get excited because clearly it's it's the third-ranked team in the country. It's Tennessee. There's a little bit of comeuppance uh, factor there, but, you know, they don't really live like that. Uh, Kentucky fans, I think, are maybe a little intimidated by the thought because they've seen Tennessee play, and they've seen Kentucky's defense struggle at times, but it put its best uh, effort together against Mississippi State, which, as you guys know, is not easy with that offense, although uh, they kind of laid an egg against Alabama as well. But if you look at the second half 
of the Ole Miss game, the comeback by Kentucky, which was complete and then taken away by the penalty, was because of the defense. I think, George and Coach, you throw out the South Carolina game up here in horse country like you throw out a bad horse race. You know, they just had lost their quarterback. They lost their star linebacker. They were not mentally, physically, and emotionally ready to play. Came back and bounced back big against Mississippi State. So, you know, everybody knows this is a huge game. If you have any hope at all of staying alive in the SEC East, and it's minute, you got to win this one. And it's a tall order. Dick, nobody really has had a lot of success or gotten a handle on Tennessee when Tennessee's on offense. What kind of wrinkles do you think Mark Stoops and that defense will try to show Tennessee to at least slow them down a little bit? And that's all they can do. You can't stop them. You know that. The Hypo's put together a terrific offense. What a what a find out of the portal, Hendon Hooker, who we saw playing for Virginia Tech back in the Belk Bowl when, when Lynn Bowden was here. And he was good, but he wasn't good like he is here. So great people around him, great scheme, uh, great play calling, and great athletic ability. So to your, to your question, what Kentucky has done at times, George, is blitz from the edge, send a safety, send a corner. They did that a little bit against Mississippi State. And as you know, you can pay the price for that. But they executed it well. They got good play up front, which they haven't always gotten this year. But, buddy, you got to pick your poison against Tennessee, and you better believe Hooker knows how to escape that. The other thing is, uh, you know, who's going to – do they spy in and Hooker? They're going to have to. Uh, you know, and the guy who was best suited to that, Jacquez Jones, the linebacker, he's gone for most of the year, if not all. He might be back for the bowl game, but he would have been one of the perfect guys, he and DeAndre Square, to, to accept that role. So, you know, trying to bring trying to bring extra pressure is about really uh, the only thing they can do. Now they can disguise coverages, but, Coach, you know more about that than I do. Dick, if – first of all, what level of health – is well Levis right now. And secondly, what are the pro scouts telling you halfway, a little more than halfway through the season about how high is Will Levis going to go in the draft? Well, to answer your second question first, they they do believe he's a first-round pick. You know, he's gotten better at decision-making. That was his downfall last year, no question about that. But he's got the size, the skill. As they say, he can make all the throws – uh, you know, that's the, no higher praise for a quarterback. Uh, you know, he's a great leader. He really is. And it kind of surprised us in the media because he got here late last summer and almost immediately won over his teammates and was named a, a co-captain. And that just doesn't happen. You know that a guy. Hey, guys, my name is. And the next thing you know, he's a captain uh, to the first part of your question. I've, I've talked to people who have had turf toe. And it's different whoever you talk to. Every, every you know, person's turf toe is different from somebody else's. But it, it's essentially the same. And it just takes elongated rest to make it go away. So I think it's always going to hurt him. It's always going to be sore. But he didn't show any ill effects from that against Mississippi State. As you can tell, Dick Gabriel is wired to the University of <laughs> Kentucky athletic situations. Watson, say hello to him. Dick, thanks for coming on again. And I, I've said all week that this is going to be the toughest coaching job for Coach Heupel because 
they, they, this Georgia thing, everybody's talking about it. Everybody. And um, you can't keep that away from your players with social media the way it is in the wor- this world today. And this game for Kentucky is a loose, go see if we can knock them off. It's our rival. Everything rolls in the, for them to play well Saturday. There's no reason for them not to. Right. And um, so I think they're going to catch uh, uh, Kentucky at maybe their best in any of the SEC games so far. And I think the way you stop Tennessee, Dick, is you can't, you just cannot give up the big play. Right. You've got to keep the ball in front of you. You've got to make them earn everything they get. And that's not easy. I understand that with those big splits and they get caught in one-on-ones out there. But at the same time, everybody's giving them easy scores. Everybody. And they Kentucky's got to figure that out. They've had an open date, which really helps playing yep. an offense that's different than you see every week. That's going to help Kentucky. And I think it's everybody's talking – Tennessee offense to Kentucky defense. I think it's on the other side. If Kentucky runs for 200 or more and Levis plays his best game, they'll keep this thing tight. And when it gets tight, the pressure is totally on Tennessee, not Kentucky in this game. So I'm looking at the Kentucky running game and the quarterback play as the two big pieces that can keep Kentucky in the game in the fourth quarter. No surprise that, that I think you've nailed it because, and, and Stoops has essentially said the same thing. Go back and look at last year's game. Explosive plays put Kentucky in a deep hole, including a touchdown bomb on the first play of the game when two Kentucky defenders miscommunicated, collided, and then there's a Tennessee receiver running free to the end zone. And yet Kentucky had a pass in the air, guys, at the end of the game that could have won it. Uh, you know, so they came all the way back. They got involved in a track meet. You cannot do that. So to your point, Coach, about the run game, yes, if they can control the clock, if they can move the chains with Rodriguez and his backups, then they'll be able to keep that Tennessee offense where you need it, and that's on the sideline. Uh, they cannot get into a, a back-and-forth, you know, try-not-to-break-serve kind of game with Tennessee because that's what happened last year. Kentucky had 600 yards of offense, dominated time of possession, and still lost last year. So move the chains, do not turn the ball over, and that means Will Levis has to make good decisions, proper reads, proper throws, and he's much better at that this year. Plus, guys, he while he had Wandale Robinson last year, who is dynamic, you see him now in the NFL, he has a better core of receivers now. Maybe the best, George, that I've seen – since I've been in Kentucky, maybe since the the, the uh, Andre Woodson days under Rich Brooks or all the way back to Frank Kersey, they've got depth at receiver and guys who can burn it. Yeah, and and Dick, I, I go back. This is what I said, and I'm not saying Kentucky's going to win the game, but I think, I think this is going to be Tennessee's toughest. Kentucky has yet to play a really good SEC game yet. Right, they played well at against Star and Star against Mississippi State, but they they are still offensively got a game in them. Yep. There's a game there that they haven't played yet. They played poorly, in my opinion, a lot of the game at Ole Miss and should have won. Yes, and then of course South Carolina, and you go back and look at Tennessee. Who's the team that's played on the best? Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida kept the ball, made some big third down plays, and stayed in the game. And 
quarterback played well that day. I think that's the recipe to hang with Tennessee. And uh, I'm anxious to see because I think the Kentucky style is one that fits playing Tennessee better than two teams just ran back and letting it go. That's and, right. And we'll, we'll see if I'm right or wrong, but that's and the way I see it. I agree with you because in Oxford, they could not have been their own worst enemy. It oh, was so terrible. Should have won the game. Absolutely. Uh, in the first half. And then in the second half, Coach, they did what you talked about. They they controlled the tempo. They controlled the game with, with Rodriguez. The Kentucky defense uh, came alive in the second half. And that Kentucky O-line, which up until then was much maligned and then threw in a stinker against South Carolina. But against Ole Miss, the O-line wore down Ole Miss. Yep. And so that second half against Ole Miss uh, was was – almost heroic the way they came back, although they had dug a big hole themselves. Now they got to do it for 60 minutes against Tennessee. It's a tall order. We haven't even talked about Nayland Stadium. That place is going to be nuts. Oh, it's uh, the other night, Dick, is I put it maybe in the top one, two, three of all time with yeah. the Alabama game. Yeah. That atmosphere from start to finish. And then when it's over and all that orange on the field, <laughs> I, I got to put that right up there with, and I've seen, a ton of them. I know. And I would put that right up there all time in a one-night deal. That one's got to be up there for me. Well, and, and keep in mind, and this is courtesy of Mr. Tom Leach, our play-by-play -play guy who's so great with, with research, only three times. This will be the third time Kentucky plays Tennessee with both teams ranked. And the last time they did it was back in the 50s. You know, And to go, go back to your original question, George, about the Super Bowl, uh, Tom also found – a passage in, in, in Bear Bryant's book about the fact that while Bear was at Kentucky, the only team he couldn't really handle was Tennessee. And he only beat him once. He admitted Tennessee got into his head. And, and one year he had the scout team wearing orange jerseys and he painted the goalposts orange at their practice field. He, <laughs> he just let it, let it get to him. And, and it had a terrible side effect. So, uh, I don't really think you need to do anything like that to get these guys ready, especially no. because they've had an extra week now to hear how Tennessee's going to kick their butts. Yep. Okay. Before we end it, tell me about Sheboy and the and the Hoops boys. Uh, good question. I was able to do the, the TV streaming on Saturday where they played a blue-white game in Pikeville, where, and by the way, it was a player's idea to make it a fundraiser for the victims of the flooding in Eastern Kentucky. And they raised nice. more than $160,000 for the flood victims. They gave out tons of clothing to people in need. Uh, Sheboy did not play. They keep saying he just had his knee cleaned out. It's minor, but they're talking about maybe him missing at least the two exhibition games. But what that did was that gave other bigs a chance to do more like Damian Collins and Ugana Nyenso, who is a just turned 18-year-old from Nigeria, who's a seven-footer, and uh, you'd love to have his future, guys like that. I'll tell you that what you're really going to notice, guys, about this team. They've got two freshman guards in Kaysen Wallace and Chris Livingston, who look, for, all, for lack of a better term, they look like men. They don't look like college freshmen. Broad shoulders, muscular, and they play a muscular brand of basketball. Uh, they are really impressive, but they've got a lot of weapons. Calipari is going to have some decisions to make about rotation, about minutes. Uh, there's a kid, a three-star, they took a flyer on him, Adu Thierro, and he was probably the best player in the game 
because he said to somebody before the game, watch, I'm going to tear this up. Because in practice, he wasn't doing a whole lot. But he came in and decided, I'm going to just play the way I know how to play. And he was outstanding. They got an Illinois State transfer named Antonio Reeves who can fill it up. The kid from Iowa is finally healthy. C.J. Frederick, he's a three-point shooter. Cal Perry's got a lot of weapons. And now you bring back the consensus player of the year and Oscar Sheboy. So this is going to be an interesting, interesting season. Maybe they need to play at Neyland on Saturday. <laughs> they get a crowd. They had a great crowd in Pikeville. Yeah, that is awesome. That is so heartwarming to hear that. Uh, that's terrific. Thank you, as always, for the visit. My pleasure. Anytime, fellas. See you, Dick. Dick Gabriel, he's a good one. Uh, a great friend, as I have said many times, as wired into what's going on in University of Kentucky athletics as any human being going. After the break, we'll show you a rendering that the Titans have released of what the Dome Stadium should look like. We'll have a little reaction to it all. And then some discussion about Bill Belichick. Has he opened up a can of worms last night that didn't need opening? This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. 
I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. back here at the beautiful Omni Hotel in downtown Nashville. Behind me, the rain has stopped. Boy, it really came down. We haven't had a lot of rain in the last two months. And so what we saw around 3 o'clock this afternoon from about 3 to maybe 4.15 is the most rain we have had in a while. Now, if you go back a little more than a week ago, the mayor's office announcing that they have come to an agreement with the Titans to try to build a dome stadium that would seat around 60,000, the cost of which would be 2.1 billion. Let me say up front, I don't think it'll be any surprise to anybody that I'm for this. However, there are also some little things that need to be talked about in here. It's a sports issue. Yeah, it's a political issue, but we're going to talk about it from time to time. And you know, if you're bothered by that, I'm sorry, but it's a it's a sports issue. It's a very important sports issue in our city. First of all, let's show you the rendering today that the Titans released. And uh, Billy, help me with this. Uh, there are a couple we're going to yeah, see. Yeah, there's, there's three here. This is, you know, the outside of it. It's going to encompass 1.7 million square feet with a capacity of approximately 60,000. So that, that's kind of an outside night look of it. Okay. And then this is a day look of it in the outside. Looks more like fifth and broad. Yeah. I, and I think it, it reminds me of the uh, – not the Preds, the Braves, what they've got right now with the yeah, battery. the battery. Yeah. Which is sort of and the then, new wave. Now, this is the inside of it. And obviously, Watson, all of this looks really nice and looks very exciting. Um. First of all, I'll ask any any thoughts, any reactions on your end. No, I mean I, I think it's it's very general. I mean you can't see anything; just the two outside shots, and then a deep shot looking into the stadium. I don't see skyboxes, all of the different that they're not showing there. So, but I mean, and that, that's a it's a good looking stadium, and and I take it that that it will open and close, correct? Uh, it's, I don't know. Is this one that opens and closes or is it just completely closed? It's, it's closed, but it's that translucent roof, like Allegiant stadium 
you know, where the sun will be able to, you know, I think they can open and close it to an extent, you know, like at the top you can kind of see, uh, but I still don't even, don't even really know. Watson, here is one of the things as we look at this picture that came up a lot in the area that I sit in at the Titans games. I, I have started using my season tickets, which are, in the upper deck, about five rows up on about the 25-yard line, it's it's a terrific seat, and you, you can really see the field well. When the announcement got made a week ago that the Titans would credit those of us who had purchased PSLs, that you'll get that amount credited to whatever is coming, that has led a lot of people to think, they are going to hammer us. And I think they're right in feeling that way because I think they are going to hammer us. And as I have warned a couple of people that are involved in this, I don't think hammering PSL holders is going to fly this go-round. I don't. I, I don't either, George. I think when you up a price on somebody – and, and really up the price. Uh, people don't go for that in today's world, and and uh, they don't want to give up what they got, and they have no decision in giving up what they got. That's the way I think people look at it. And now I do see this stadium looks to me like it's, it goes up more. The Titan Stadium goes back more when I've coached in it a couple of times, and this right. one looks like the stands go up, which might be even a better atmosphere than the Titans have – have got right now. But, George, I can't see fans like you that are going to be thrilled with getting gouged, no matter even getting credit for this. That's not going to matter when you when you really throw it on them on top of that. I think they had better be very careful with how they treat the fan base. Number one, this is a soft market for, I don't know, maybe two or three reasons. Number one, the team is deathly dull. They've been very effective with that style, but they're deathly dull. I don't think that helps them at the turnstile. May help them in winning, but I don't think it helps them at the turnstile. This fan base... Other oh, we lost Watson for a second there. Is he... Is he with us, George? Okay. Um, you better be careful and and not overdo it. We've seen that happen before. I, I watched it in Memorial Gym, and uh, a, a fan base that was fanatic. And you start upping everything now, and it gets personal to people. And especially when they didn't say I'm for this or whatever, they just get it thrown on them. And to keep what you got, you got to pay a lot more for. That just don't go over well in places that I've been before when you try to do that. I, I think there are a couple other things. Number one, the group that came to town, the Tennessee Oilers who became the Titans, were out in this community like crazy. And the fan base really took to them and knew all of them. And I don't think it's that way now. Now, it's obviously a much different city. It's a much bigger city. But I don't think there's nearly the inter interaction between the fans and the fan base that there used to be. I think that's a, a second issue. And you can 
You can go any number of ways you want to with it. It's just me reading a little bit of the pulse of, of what the city is. Yeah. Here's the third one. When the team came to town, we were fed a lot of bull from people in Charlotte. There was a lot of Charlotte um, involved in the selling of the PSLs. There were people who came here from Charlotte with that job. And they fed us this load of crap about how it's a great investment and it's this and it's that bull. It isn't. It's just simply a surcharge. Nothing more, nothing less. And they better be really careful about how far they go with that because a lot of these people that have been in those seats for the last 25 years are not inclined to get gouged. They don't care to that level anymore. Well, I think that's just human nature, and that's that's why I think, in a nutshell, what the Titans need to do here in the next few years, George, is stick their hand out to the fan base and start trying to hold on to them a little bit, putting players out more in the city. Uh, as they get to this and they know what they're fixing to face, they they better be thinking about it now and not wait till it happens. Watson, let's shift gears. Uh, last night, I came away really befuddled by what Bill Belichick is doing with the quarterbacks in New England. Um, he's got a sticky deal because the kid uh, from Western Kentucky, Zappy, has really played very well and instantly become a fan favorite. I thought what went on last night was unfair to Matt Jones. Uh, I, I thought it. I thought it put him in a ton of pressure that he didn't need. And I'm just surprised at Belichick being willing to go to that level. Yeah, it looked like, I mean, just as sitting watching it, you you sit there and George to me, excuse me, there's one of those. There's one of those I've had. Stop sneezes. I got one to add to the group now. You've I'm now in a George Plaster group. Um, <laughs> but it looked like he wants Zappy to be the guy by what he did last night. And I don't know. I, I I was shocked by it, to be very honest. Absolutely shocked that he, in the first half, early in the first half, you make the switch. I, I could hear in the stands that they were saying, and you heard them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're giving, they're chanting Zappy's name. Man, what a tough thing for Jones, George. I That's just not fair. I think he's a good player. And if they decide to go the Zappy route and they trade him, they're not going to keep them both there. He won't stay there with that. Uh, somebody's going to get a good quarterback, I think. And uh, and I'm not sure that that's what he's going to do because when 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 Bill did it, Zappy with him played really well for a couple of series. Yeah. Then he ends up throwing two interceptions and can't score a point in the second half. It kind of backfired on Bill a little bit. And now he's caught, and I listened to some of his interviews today. Oh, it was. He didn't handle them very well at all. No, he didn't. I mean, just oh. just, just Bill Belichick, I ain't answering your question kind of deal. And and uh, he'll come out of it and figure it out and do whatever he wants to do. He has the right to do that because they he gets so much rope now because of his history that he can do about anything he wants. But 
the one it was unfair to was Jones. There's no way that was fair to him. Puts him, in my opinion, behind the eight ball. Because oh, now every time he goes out there, he's got to perform, George. He's going to get the feeling if I if I have one bad play, I'm I'm on the street. I think they will go back with Jones as the starter. That's my bet. We'll, we'll wait and see. But he's made it harder on his starting quarterback by what he did last night. Why do you think he did it? I don't know. I I, I the only you're looking at it. You said he wants Zappy to be the guy. He wants him to be the guy. Well, he didn't take it over last night. By any means, he didn't take it over. And a couple of those interceptions were not pretty plays, and they could not score. They did. They they went in a lull, and they got beat good in that second half. And um, I don't know what his reasoning was. The only possibility in a positive for Jones is he thought he was still not 100%. But he could have said that today. He could have helped the situation by saying, you know, I just, I just don't seem right just yet. And, um, but he didn't do that. And no, so and last night yeah. he didn't either. When he was asked, who is your quarterback? He could no. have said it's Mac Jones. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. So it leads to that. He wants Zappy to be the guy. What did he say after the game? He said, well, the game's just over. <laughs> <laughs> Only Belichick can come up with oh. – if I had ever said something like that, I'd probably been fired on the spot. The guy, right. the guy can get away with more stuff just because of all he's done. I mean, he's it got such a that – I listened to a couple on NFL Live today that they were talking about this. Well, in all respect to Coach Belichick and all he's done, I just don't think it was the right move. Now, if that had been – if that had been – Mike uh, McCarthy? Yeah, they'd eat him up on the spot. But the first thing they said, well, with all the respect to Coach Belichick. <laughs> oh, geez. But he's earned that. I I, I understand yeah. that. A little bit like Nick Saban has at Alabama. Uh, and he can get away with saying a lot of stuff. Sure. He can get away with saying a lot of stuff. When he, when he didn't bench the kid that supposedly hit a fan leaving the field and he lets him start the game, There'd have been a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches catch a lot of grief over that. And honestly, he's caught a little, but not a not whole a lot, lot because I think yeah. it's Nick Saban. Watson, hang with us. We have the plaster bet of the day, which was a complete and total disaster yesterday. <laughs> I got to be with you on that one, bud. Take me right down with you. Absolutely awful. I wasn't anywhere close. Brian Stewart joins us for his daily visit. He probably wasn't real happy with the way Mac Jones got treated either. How you doing? Uh, George, I was, I'm not gonna lie, man. It made me like literally like uncomfortable watching Mac standing on the sideline. And I mean, you look at all he did at Alabama and what he's done since he's been with the Patriots. I mean, I, he's not been lights out up there, but I mean, he's been a, a, very good quarterback and you know it's it and just seems like kid. you know there's a there's a blessing and a curse playing for Bill Belichick. I mean, you know, it's and and I think also the fan base up there was was pretty unfair with with how they were treating Mac as well. I mean the one guy coming in you know with the sheet and everything with Zappy Hour and I mean that that I mean why? Mac Jones is your guy, you know, so 
I don't know. I, I think, like you said, Bailey uh, or Zappy got you know taste of his taste of the medicine last night in the second half. The Bears, you know, made their adjustments and they definitely shut down the Patriots last night. And man, if there's anybody that's going to happen to it, I, I always appreciate it being the Patriots. It's like watching the Astros go down in the MLB. Uh, it's just fantastic. But uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of good things happening today. I mean. I saw y'all talking about the renderings, um, you know, from the new Titan stadium. I thought the renderings looked fantastic. Um, I, I like what they're, you know, what they're trying to do, you know, make it uh, more fan centric and everything. But I think you hit the nail on the head and speaking as a uh, almost 10 year uh, season ticket member, I can tell you if they go up on the prices and don't justify it, they're going to have a problem on their hands. Yep, and and that's something we're going to have to uh, pay attention to. Something tells me they know exactly what the prices are, and they're mm-hmm. stalling around, waiting to release it until they've got some good news, really good news, to back it up with. Brian, tell me what is what right now is on the market. It, it are are houses plentiful? Is it still? as scarce as it was earlier this summer, what is the housing market? Well, the the housing market has definitely changed from, you know, even just the beginning of this year or going back to last year. Um, you know, the, the issue was and what caused all the hoopla and, and all the multiple offers and everything else is that there weren't enough houses on the market. Um, and when that house did hit the market, uh, there were so many buyers out there that, you know, the buyers just uh, just went crazy on it. Now, you have a, uh, a switching of the foot, so to speak, and where you have uh, less amount of buyers and you have more uh, more listings out there. So now you're starting to see these, these sellers do uh, more concessions. Um, uh, Georgia, it's unbelievable, you know, what it's taken to bring a buyer to the to the table right now. Now, you know, a lot of that has to do with uh, a buyer looks at a 3% interest rate last year or early this year, and now it's at a 7% interest rate. Well, that's that's a big difference on a payment. But what they're finding is that sellers are offering buy-down points, um, you know, to these to the buyers. So, you know, if they get a 7% interest rate, uh, sellers are offering X amount of dollars, you know, some up to to help buy down that interest rate for that buyer, uh, which is huge. And, you know, it used to be you get, uh, you get closing costs paid, you would get a home warranty. You know, there was just a a whole gamut of of different things that a seller could offer to entice a buyer to buy their house. Um, Now what the focus is, is it's trended to uh, the interest rate. we got to get the interest rate down. So, you know, while we're sitting here with a higher interest rate, those are the adjustments that are being made by the sellers. Those are that's what we as realtors are advising our sellers to do because we're talking to these lenders um, and figuring out a way to bring the buyers to the table. Um, and, that, and that's what it takes. It's not just me as a realtor or my agents in here acting as realtors. It's us having a great team around us, finding a good lender, finding good title companies. Uh, all that makes a difference as far as finding the buyer and finding the the deal for the seller. 
So, you know, George, it's a, it, it takes a village. I mean, everybody's heard that saying. Uh, it's not just one thing. It's a whole lot of things coming together to get those uh, parties to the closing table. Good stuff. Let's do this again tomorrow. Well, George, I will definitely be here tomorrow. And, uh, man, I, you know, I'm going back to going back to watching, uh, you know, hoping and praying we have some good baseball coming up. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick. I mean, what are you thinking on this world series? I mean, for me, it is just uh, lackluster and I know it sounds crazy, but what do you think? Well, I'm not willing to go that far because I think in the cities where, in Houston and Philly, they certainly don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the the world thinks Houston's going to win this in four or five. I think this Philly team got hot at the right time. I think they're taking this to a seven-game series. And um, whoever wins game seven, obviously, is your world champion. I think it's going to be a terrific world series. Yeah, I think it's uh... – I think the Phillies are just like the Braves last year, just got hot at the right time and are going to ride it out here. I think you're right. Let's talk again tomorrow. Have a good one, George. We'll go to the break and then plaster bet of the day. It's coming up next. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 sub-specialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. 
We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Plaster's Bet of the Day, powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. They have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, at your workplace, or on unsafe property, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to Durham. Dot com. All right, George, let's take a look at your results from last night. Let's don't. You had the, what did Michael put here? Over-under teaser. Okay, the over-under teaser was 40. Well, yeah, you went we under, had, and that missed? I yes, couldn't believe it. I know. That was a shock. The whole thing was. I mean, New England really got boat raced. Um, you can't lose one of those kind of bets any worse than I did. I, I was shocked. I was I was really shocked from that. I was pissed. <laughs> you were more than just shocked. Yeah, I was. All right, George, here's what do you got tonight? You're going to NBA? Well, hold on. Watson, no baseball, no football. So I had to go NBA. I can't I can't blame you. I I feel for you last night because I was one hundred percent in your corner. So but these teasers only count as one loss, huh? Yes. Oh, because they would only count as one win if you win them both? Yeah, it's one okay. win. So tonight. So aren't, they're not too bad. I thought that was a good one last night. I thought I thought both of those were surefire. So yeah. I went I down with either one of them. Very bitter. Anyway, we're going the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Uh, however, word has gotten out that Zion isn't playing. And mm. yet that has not increased the line. They're at home. They were a playoff team a year ago that gave Phoenix a lot of trouble. The problem is Dallas was a playoff team that knocked Phoenix out. And so this is going to be a tough test against Luka and, uh, and the boys from Dallas. But I'm going to take New Orleans as the home team, plus five and a half. And we'll try to find something better tomorrow. So that was the that's the best bet for tonight. Uh, what else is there? There is nothing else. NBA and that's it. I mean, I could have gone hockey. Treads don't play tonight. I don't think you would bet on them either. Oh, not right now. Absolutely not. Speaking of which, Mark McGee will join us tomorrow Whew. to talk about whatever is going on in the Predator Clubhouse. Whatever it is, it better it better switch. It better change in a big old hurry. They have lost five in a row and look like crap in doing it. And this is not the time of the year to fall out of the race. So Mark's going to join us. Then Billy will talk. Excuse me, I'm about to cough with Vanderbilt football coach Clark Lee. <laughs> 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's just not very good broadcasting. Well, George, you can I, get away with it in radio. You cannot get away with it in TV. No, no, no getting away with it. But George, I, uh, I'm actually not going to be visiting because they do have a bye week. So uh, Mike, Mike Shaw has kind of organized. You that. don't want to ask him, Coach. What's your opinion? This week against bye. <laughs> against bye. No, I'm, not okay. much. But next week's a big week for them. South Carolina coming in town. So we'll, we'll be back with Coach Lee next week. Okay. So those are the things we will have on. And those are the things we won't have on. Either way, <laughs> please stick around and join us. Watch. Watson, has the rain hit Cookville yet? Yes, it has hit. Uh, heavy? Starting to get heavy. It's okay. been raining about 15 minutes, so I just got here. Stay safe. I will. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you to all of you for joining us. This is Main Street Media Television. Mm -hmm.